curious you would make an excellent cephalon tenno welcome to cephalon squared a warframe community and podcast find out how to join the collective by heading over to our website at cephalonsquared.com now here are your cephalons greg and lucas G'day Cephalon Collective and welcome to episode 52 of Cephalon Squared. Yay! My name is Cephalon Greg. (laughs) I'm joined by Cephalon Lucas. How are you, Cheery? I am good. That's fantastic. I mean, 52, shit. Oof! What a year. Yeah, that that makes it a year, even though we started on the 24th, but we did start on a Tuesday and then the next episode was on a Sunday, so it wasn't technically a full week. So, you know, whatevs. And maybe it's really a full full year after you've done the 52 weeks. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so maybe. I, guess, I guess it's full year next week. Yeah, at the end of this Shit. episode makes it a, a full year. So anyway, yay ass, happy birthday. Yay. It's been around <laughs> for a year and people still want to listen to us. So we're doing yeah. something right. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, and on that note, well, on the birthday note, not the listening to us note, keep listening to us, please. <laughs> um, on the, the birthday note, we do have a little competition giveaway, etc. As we've been sort of teasing for the last couple of weeks, we're giving away a Wukong Prime uh, access pack, so equal to the Prime Fury pack on PC, if you're wondering, uh, or just the Prime access pack on the consoles. And for information on to, on to, as to how you can be a part of this, go to cephalonsquared.com. There's an article there saying it's our first anniversary. We're giving away Wukong Prime. Click on that and it will have instructions for how to enter. There's still another one or two weeks to go. So you've got plenty of time. Head on over to cephalonsquared.com and enter the competition. Uh, you've got to be in it to win it. And uh, hopefully... Yeah, well, definitely someone will win it. (laughs) There's already been quite a few uh, entrants, so someone's definitely going to win it. But if you don't put your name down, it definitely won't be you. Yay, prizes. Not you, Lucas. You can't win. (laughs) But what you can win is the prize for bestest weather dude. (laughs) How's that for a segue? How's the weather? Yeah, it's a terrible segue. But anyways, here in the city of Ipswich tonight, it is currently 8pm and it is 11 degrees Celsius with a 40% humidity. That is probably true. Uh, 11 degrees Celsius is 51 degrees Fahrenheit. And how do I know that? Because it's also 11 degrees Celsius down here in Melbourne. And it's also 51 degrees Fahrenheit uh, with a (laughs) 76% humidity here. So almost the same weather, just a little bit more humid if you can call it that in cold weather yeah sure we'll we'll say that yeah anyway that's the weather cast for this week i hope you enjoyed it we'll uh see you again next week when uh-huh, it's uh-huh. weather time uh-huh. 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 all the jokes it's not, it's not quite a year of weather cast though is it because we stopped no. for a couple of weeks and we got yelled well, at well i don't even remember when we started weather cast because it wasn't something we did right from the get-go it was just something we we picked up gradually along the way, and it was kind of like a, a general discussion at the start of the podcast, and then people started uh, demanding that it actually become a proper segment. So Yeah, we dropped it at one point. We stopped doing it for a couple of weeks, and someone said, where's the podcast? Bring back podcast, uh, bring back Weathercast or something, <laughs> yeah, I remember. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, <laughs> it's now part of the show. Like part it or show. not. 
And we love it. Forever. (laughs) (laughs) Forever. Anyways, what did you get up to in Warframe or gaming in general this week? Well, good question. Warframe, mostly Nightwave. So we did do our streams. So I did the Friday, we both did the Friday night PS4 stream and we did the Saturday night PC stream. And pretty much, well, actually, no, on Friday night we did Nightwave, but on Saturday we did not because there are certain things in that Nightwave that we weren't all at the right level to do. Yes, indeed. Indeed. So we just did a lot of, we, we went farming for condition overload for most of the time. Yeah, that was a good, uh, I'm going to say, hour and a half of farming for that yeah and we didn't get it didn't get <laughs> shout it. out shout out to jellybean though we did our first <laughs> idolon on pc and first it just happened on. to be first a trial on um, which was hilarious because lucas and i couldn't do shit <laughs> because we still had it we just we literally just got given the moat by um the quills so <laughs> we were at the weakest possible we didn't even have snipers worth telling anyone about. You had the uh, nope. original had the Vol- Volker. The Volker, yeah. And I had the Batacor, <laughs> which isn't even a sniper. So, yeah. So, Jellybean uh, attempted to carry us through. Attempted. Attempted. Yeah. <laughs> bounty failed. <laughs> it's funny. We've been hanging shit on him because we did fail the bounty, which means technically he didn't take us to our first Dridalon. He taked us. He taked us. Take he took us. us through our first failed Dridalon. Tisk yep. tisk. Of course, we did take down the, the um, third Eidolon immediately after that, but made us laugh. <laughs> Why not have both? Why not have both? <laughs> but apart from that, I have been playing a lot of Final Fantasy fourteen, and it's friggin' amazing, and I don't know why I didn't start earlier. That's my story. Why Hope didn't you, enjoyed you start it. earlier? I did start it earlier, but for some reason I couldn't get into it. It seemed like too much, and now, because I've, everyone's been talking about how good this new DLC is... So I thought, all right, I'll check it out. I'll give it a bit more of an effort. And once you get over the initial hump of, oh my God, it's an MMO and it's just so damn grindy and there's so many fetch quests and there's so <laughs> many freaking kill X amount of enemies quests. Urgh! Once you get over that, it's just a damn good game. And it's a story-based MMO. Yeah. There well, are that's, so that's few of, the of those really games. good things about it. Um, like you look at any other uh, MMO and they're not as story-driven. Um, as this one is, it's fantastic. It really is. So I've been heavily getting into that. So that's, that was my week. It's been a busy week. Good things are good. Indeed. What about yourself? Anything apart from what we've already spoken about? Two weeks. Two weeks it has taken me to (laughs) absolutely demolish the, uh, the, the, the main, the current main story in, uh, Warframe. And I am now up to date I've finished the Chimera Prologue, and I'm ready for whatever comes next. Yay! Too bad we don't have any weapons. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, you've got Paracelsus now. Well, you've got the well, blueprint for I got, it. I got, I got the, <laughs> I got the idea. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, but yeah, I, was, I, got, I, got, I still got the Guandao, and so that that's good. And uh, ooh, Zephyr Prime is currently being cooked. So yay! Yes, my Valkyr Prime should be ready by the time the episode's finished, actually. (laughs) Nice. Nice. And PS4 Mm. account, I also now have uh, Mirage Prime cooking. So two Primes cooking Uh, on two different accounts over the weekend. Fantastic. Yes, true. Actually, I got Equinox Prime too, didn't I? You did. Yeah, what a weekend. It has been a busy week. It's been good. 
Hooray! Hooray! Success! Yay! Yay! <laughs> All, right. <laughs> All right, we got a little bit excited. Anyway, it's news time. So even though it was the week after TennoCon and we didn't really expect any news because, hey, DE team's got to rest at some point, you guess. There was some news. And there was some news. Yeah, it was interesting. So do you want to kick it off? I'll kick it off. What do you want to do, Lucas? Uh, your choice. You can kick it off. Hell yeah, I will. So to start off, DE built an Opticore for the... Um, museum that they had at Tenacon. So they had the life-size mower, they had a relic, they had lotus helmet, and a whole bunch of other things. And they also built an Opticore. But what they also did with this Opticore is they put... I don't want to say a working trigger on it, because it doesn't actually fire anything. <laughs> but they put some components in it to make it feel like it actually does something when you pull the trigger. So they took it out onto the streets, and they also rigged up a couple of cars and trash cans and things... Gave it to some people for a photo shoot and made them think that they'd actually pulled the trigger and exploded a police car. <laughs> and they filmed that uh, and put it up on the Play Warframe YouTube channel. It's hilarious. Go watch it. Check it out. It's pretty funny. Good fun. And very well made optical. Like, wow. It looks awesome. Damn. I want one. Yeah. Next up, Barracketeer has finally gone. He's taken away his Tenocon relay. It's gone now. But Barracketeer will be back to normal as of July 19th. So that's Woo. not actually too far away. That's uh, an end that's of the week, actually. Yeah. yeah. 20th for us, of course. Well, it'll 20th still be the, the 19th. He comes at 11 o'clock at night or whatever time he comes for us. But yeah. Yeah, semantics. Indeed. All right. Rebecca and Megan were on Dropped Frames talking mostly about Empyrean, but also about a couple of other things. Uh, there were a few people in our Discord, Discord talking about it this week. I haven't as yet had a chance to watch slash listen. I planned on doing that today, but today just got away from me, unfortunately. Did you check it out at all, Lucas? Unfortunately not, no. it's uh, It's been a busy week for both of us Cephalons. I heard it was a good interview, so I decided to put it into the news. So definitely check it out. I'll be checking it out at some point during the week. And um, yeah. Yay! 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 Uh, next up, if you haven't got your Necros Prime by now, then unfortunately you probably won't be getting it, but you can reach out to the Warframe support if you have any concerns. That said... <laughs> that said... Warframe support's probably not going to help you. After I wrote these notes, I did find another note on Twitter that said, if you haven't got Necros Prime, we can't just gift it to you because you say that you watch Twitch... Basically, the only thing that we can do to help you now is uh, help you confirm that your Warframe and Twitch accounts are actually connected properly so that you can get future drops. So I'm pretty sure if you haven't got it, you're just not going to get it. And to make you out there who may be pissed off, I am one of those people. Uh, I had my PC you, account you, connected you to one. You can prove it, can't you? I mean, we, we, we streamed it ourselves. Like, <laughs> well, that's, that's so you, true. We, you can prove it at least. Well, I can't, I can't necessarily prove it because when you stream it, you're using a browser source and that's different. So, um, because it's not linked to anything, it's not linked mm. to any accounts. But anyway, uh, we digress. I did have it on the side on two separate accounts, a Cephalon Squared account and the Mad Capsules account. One linked to my PC, one linked to, linked to my PS4 account, and I didn't get the drop on either. 
so I didn't get it on PS4 and I didn't get it on PC. In the end, for me, shit happens, easy come, easy go. I do wish that I had have gotten it, of course. Necros uh, is one of my favourites on PS4, but, you know, that's life. Indeed. On the, on the plus side, Lucas got it, so I guess one I of us got it. it. Alright, Tenocon merch is still available from the Warframe store, so get it before it leaves, and that is including the Clem Noggle. Yay. yay and next part of news the prime vault is opening again on july 16th this time with nix and rhino prime Woo! look forward to them coming out that's going to be with all their glorious weapons and armor pieces from their accessory packs yeah ball prime should be back should try and get that on PC. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> Alright, um, next I do want to uh, make one comment about our last episode, episode 51. I did say something stupid, so sometimes we can say things and get carried away and they come out all wrong. Uh, last week we were talking about mental health and I mentioned that you might have something, I think what I said was, you know, whether you've got any kind of uh, mental health uh, disorder, whether it's something hardcore, or whether it's something simple and common like depression and anxiety. And that was where I sort of slipped up. While depression and anxiety is fairly common, it's definitely far from simple. And I didn't intend to uh, offend anyone when I mentioned that. The actual intention of it was don't feel like you're all alone. Talk to someone. That was the intention of what I w wanted to say, but it came out a bit wrong. So I apologize to that. And I did want to just say uh, something that Wushy said in our Discord. And that was the sentiment should be something along the lines of if you're feeling more down than you perhaps feel you should be feeling, then go seek help. And I think that's, um, that's the best way of saying it. So apologies if I did offend anyone. It wasn't intended, uh, but it was a very tiresome day after all the work we did with TennoCon, and I, I misspoke, and I apologise for that. So, ta-da! Alright, and lastly, we did mention, of course, that we've got our giveaway for our birthday, but we are also, as I mentioned, every week for the last few weeks, we're going over to PAX Oz this year. If you are in Australia, or you're coming to Australia for PAX Oz, and you'd like to join us, please register your interest on our website, cephalonsquared.com. You'll see the little button there in the centre of the page. Uh, give it a click, put your details in, and let us know that you're interested in coming, and we'll send you all the details. All right, that's all the news. Anything else you wanted to mention, Lucas? Nope. Nope, 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 nope. Cool. All right, so let's move in to, on to this week's discussion. This week, we are continuing our discussion on TennoCon. It is TennoCon Part 2, so... <laughs> Tenno Live, of course, is the main show of TennoCon, and every year up until now, they, uh, DE has only streamed Tenno Live, but this year they also streamed a few of the other main panels that were on the main stage, and that included the art panel and the sound panel. Uh, apart from that, there was a partner panel, uh, and of course there was the always hilarious cosplay panel, which was very, very good this <laughs> year, uh, but really the only Clem. thing that came... Clem, yeah, there's always a Clem. <laughs> the only thing that came, um, and Clem won this year. Clem won. Yeah. Good job, Clem. Good job, Clem. Um, the only thing that really, or the only 
panels that really have anything new or interesting in them. Oh, don't want to say interesting. There's me misspeaking again. Uh, the only <laughs> the only ones that have anything new in them are really the art and the sound stream. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Not so much the sound because that was really just a Q and A for a couple of the, the the folks. But we'll get into that a bit later. Before we before we start up, just want to point out. So Clem won the Tenocon cosplay, and mm-hmm. we got the the Clem um, noggle. So this is year of the Clem. The year of Clem. The year of Clem. <laughs> <laughs> so Tenocon part two and we'll start of course with the art show and there was so much oh, in there if, so much if you haven't seen it go and watch it it's hard to track down because the only place you can find it is in the whole stream of Tenocon which is something like eight hours eight hours long and it's about one and a half ish hours in when it starts so oh yeah <laughs> But I'm sure if you typed in any of the things we're going to talk about into Google, you'll probably find some of the images. Yes. All yes, right. Yes, yes. Did you want to kick it off? Sure. So starting off with, they showed off the Orbiter interior changes and, oh my Lord, damn, does this look good. It um, really does. <laughs> not really much more to say than that. It looks fantastic. You know, we've got a sky roof. Everything's more open um this is of course was later on shown when they started up the imperium demo so we we actually got to see it in game and you know actually like there but just the even even the 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 art behind it when they were just showing off the the pictures to begin with was just astounding and breathtaking yeah because there's lots of um little attention to detail in the artwork that's makes it feel more real and lived in like you know yeah. there's scratches in the paintwork and things yeah, like that yeah it's 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 aged it's you know it's actually got texture to it it's fantastic yeah it's a lot it's a lot better design as well so that that was one of the things they talked about on the art panel was it was designed originally you know 6 or 7 years ago and back then it probably looked good and it's still functional now but it's not as modern so they've really modernized it and man it looks amazing when they showed it on Tenno Live I actually thought that that was just something that the the roof was just something they were showing off um, the rail jack on. I didn't think that it was going to be something coming to the orbiter, but it definitely is. Oh yeah, getting a glass roof. Oh yeah, sunroof, sunroof yeah. orbiter. Fan and they're going to fantastic. yeah, they're they're going to actually. It's not just that one arsenal room. They're going to be re redesigning the whole thing they even mentioned that the helminth room thank you (laughs) the helminth room is changing originally it was designed with some some other intention in mind they didn't go into that at all but that was an interesting quote um so they're going to change that room so i'm looking forward to that and there's a few other things they plan on changing but the important thing is if you do have things like posters and artwork up on your walls it's not going to disappear it'll still function uh, it might have to be moved a little bit here and there, but it'll still, it'll stay. Yeah. Yay! Yeah. And, and because it is, like, it, it is a much wider area, so there's lots more room for more decorations. Mm. So, Ikea frame, you can go crazy. <laughs> exactly. All right, next up, they showed a whole bunch of um, deluxe skins. Now, the Ooh, first boy. one <laughs> the first <laughs> one they showed off was an uh, Ash Deluxe skin now ash of course already has a deluxe skin 
<laughs> Ashtalax, he looks really different. Someone said that he looks like Skeletor, and it's kind of right. <laughs> um, his his costume has some kind of bony bits to it. It's got a very sort of HR Giga feel to it. Very bony textures. I love it myself. Yeah. He he really looks like some sort of assassin. It's it's very it's very crypt keeper assassin, mm. and I, I that's that's fantastic. I love it. It's great. It's really really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah. Uh, the colors are very sort of gray and blacks, and it looks good as it is. <laughs> yeah. The next one was, of course, Harrow. Uh, and this one was a bit interesting. Um, I really... I don't really know what to say about this one. Like, It looks fantastic. And it kind of has a bit of the, the same kind of um, aesthetic feel as uh, the more recent Nyx Deluxe. Yeah, it kind of does. I can see that. Yeah, so it, it, it's it's you know, def, definitely with the colors, like the the um, the different shades of purple, um, energy around the uh, the helmet, uh, which is a very unique shape, mm. and something going on with it, with his his uh, his shoulders. Um, yeah. I, f- I feel like with the, with this skin in particular, looking at the shoulders, it's going to be very difficult to uh, pick. Uh, arm attachments um, yeah. for this particular skin, and of course with the with the long drapes over his legs, it's always been hard to pick something decent for his legs. And it looks like they're going to keep with that that format here. So this one is it, it looks good as it is, and I feel like it's going to be a bit of a bitch to uh, to modify with attachments. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about this one. I I kind of need to see it moving about i don't know mm. if i'm sold on this one but uh, you know not everything's for everyone i guess yeah that's so. true hmm Hazard. next they had titania now titania deluxe was teased i think in a dev stream a while back or even maybe as yeah. long as um last year's tenocon i can't remember but they had the actual render to show off at tenocon and there's nothing I can say apart from the fact she looks great. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. It look, it looks good. Um, it, uh, it, it feels still basic to me. So it's, it's you know, the helmet is a little bit different, but the rest of the skin, I can't really, really pick up on any major differences. It, it doesn't scream fairy to me though. No. So mm, no. I like the look of it because it's got a the kind of demonic feel but yeah. um yeah and i'm not a big fan of the colors but hmm, we'll see we'll see yeah um but going into a deluxe skin i am excited about ivara and holy damn this skin looks amazing this skin um, looks like cora it it does it, it's kind of <laughs> got it's kind of got a bit of a, like a, a cora feel but mixed in with what was that um that Gara Tenogen, um, Zamairu. Uh, that's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah. So it's gonna kind of got a bit of a feel of like those two skins mashed together and then thrown onto Ivara. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, what do you call her? Forest Guardian or something? Yeah. Yeah, something like that. And it's got that kind of feel to it. I'd I'd be interested to see how the colors apply to it because of the way that it's um kind of a half and half frame it's, it's yeah almost like it, two-face yeah 
It's like half half of her is coloured blue, the other half is coloured orange. It's it's um it I like it. I'm down for it. It's different. Mm. It's another one I'm not kind of feeling, but it could be good. Could be good. Could be good. I didn't like um Limbo's skin originally as well, but once I saw it in game I was like, damn. How was yeah. I? Damn. Damn. <laughs> Alright. Next, they went on to something that was very, very unexpected because Ooh. this particular frame has the most <laughs> skins in the game. There's probably a lot of people out there who are anti-Excalibur who crack the shits because, oh, Excalibur's getting something else, but geez, just get over it. Excalibur's <laughs> getting an Excalibur Deluxe skin, and holy shit, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be playing Excalibur more if, if he actually gets this skin and if he actually looks like this because it is blindingly good i oh, don't yeah. think he needs any attachments or anything it's nope. just a good skin on its own yep and throw in the fact that they actually want to try and do a custom idol animation with this particular skin uh because in the concept he they have him with a uh, a little tobacco pipe so they want to have the whole animation where he stands there pulls out his pipe and has a bit of a puff fan fucking tastic take my bloody money <laughs> <laughs> He's basically a Ronin, a free, a free, a free samurai, free agent. Um, yeah, it's pretty um, damn cool. And I think they, I think they've even kind of got, yeah, they got a bit of a a, a Nikana skin in there as well yeah. on the design. So, oh, glorious, absolutely yes. glorious. And of course, it's made by Liga Inazuka, Inazuka, who has made um, quite a few skins for the game, and all of them have turned out to be amazing. So, oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you, Liger. Yes. Now, next one. I'm not particularly fond of this frame on a normal day, um, but this skin, it, it's not so much the, the design of this skin that gets me excited. It's more of who designed this skin that gets me excited. So this next one is for Nova, um, and this was a skin designed by Pete Venters, who actually happens to be a Magic the Gathering card artist. And... The fact that they managed to get a, a collaboration with him to design a uh, deluxe skin, that's so fucking cool. Yeah, and Rebecca Ford mentioned in the stream that she's actually hollow, so she's just full of energy. That it's is so energy that's circling cool. around inside her, so that's even cooler. Uh, now, I do love Nova. She is um, one of my favoured frames. Not one of my favourite, but one of my favoured uh, so I'm, I think I'm looking forward to this one, but it's another one that I'd like to see in game before I can really really make, make a decision, major comments. But it's, it looks very sort of techno, techno site. Tech, I don't know what the words I'm looking for. Yeah, it um, it looks very um, ah, uh, was it like seventies sci-fi? Yeah, it's got a seventies sci-fi feel to it, which is another reason I like it. Yeah, yeah. Fantastic, well-designed, and looking forward to seeing how that one actually fleshes out. Indeed. Okay, so that was the end of the Deluxe Skins. Um, quite a few. We wasn't expecting to see so many Deluxe Skins shown off, but um, thankful that there were, and they were all pretty good, pretty good quality. The next thing that was shown off was really unexpected, and it was basically a few samples of Daviri weapons. So these are weapons that will be coming along with the new open world planes of Daviri, or uh, the Daviri Paradox as it's going to be called now. 
And there wasn't much you can really say about them because we don't really know much about the environment. But the weapons themselves all have a similar feel to them. They're very... They're kind of metallic skeletal, if that makes a sense. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah skeletal, metallic, very ornate. Yeah, and uh, interesting sort of reflections in the way that the colours work. Mm. Yeah, it's hard to explain because they don't look like bone. They don't look like skeletons, but they look like they're, they're, they've got holes in them. <laughs> they, <laughs> it looks like the skeleton of a gun made of metal. It's really hard to, to explain, but... Um, it, lo- it looks like the framework to the weapon. Yeah. Uh, so very I'm looking... detailed framework. <laughs> very detailed. I'm, I'm looking to forward to see how this works into the lore of the game. Yeah. Um, now, there are people who have pointed out that... So there's two guns, two rifles that have been shown off. Uh, a gold one and one that's looking a little bit more sort of... Rusted's not the right word, but maybe... Aged. It's, it's aged and it's made of a different kind of metal. Uh, but the gold one looks very similar to what was being held by the proto-Grenier in the new cinematic trailer that was shown off. So in that new cinematic trailer, when you see Excalibur and Vault and those guys fighting against the Grenier, they weren't the Grenier because at that stage they were just the uh, war machine of the Oricon. So they were the proto Grenier, and they were holding guns that very much looked like this from the, the Daveri weapon bundle. So, And it is work in progress, but uh, it's interesting that people have pointed that out. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it makes this kind of sense when you uh, when you look at the, the uh, Daveri Paradox cinematic itself, um, and they had kind of like a, uh, I guess, the framework to a Dax soldier. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, and, well, that's exactly what it was. And they also have the framework to a time travel paradox. So, which is what the very paradox is kind of all about. By the looks of things, we can't really figure it out exactly. So, time travel with weapons from different ages makes sense. Yeah, it's going to be trippy. It is. Uh, next up, they showed off uh, a new infested enemy design. And holy boy... Um, did Ballas get turned into one infested? Ballas? Yeah. Oh, because of the long arm? Long arm. <laughs> no- noodle arm infested. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so they did mention that this is a new infested ancient that's probably going to, or definitely going to be showing up at some point within the the emissary night wave. Dun, so we'll dun, see him dun. soon. They did show it off as well um, in game at some point. When was that? Uh, that was was that during the I think I, I kind of think it was a different design a slightly different design but it was they did show off one in the um, Imperium um, yeah when they were oh, checking that's out right. the derelict but I think it was a slightly different design yeah era. yeah still a mm. massive long arm but different yeah different body and the next one was another quick one this was uh, a new critter that is coming to the plains of Eidolon um, it is a hooved cat with a weird skull yeah it's not even a cat i don't know what it is all, it's, all the... it's an animal <laughs> yeah they've called it an eidolon critter don't know sort of sure <laughs> yeah striped like a zebra zebra if you're american yeah if you are apparently yeah okay another thing to capture bring on the floofs Ooh, no problem yeah, yeah. uh <laughs> 
<laughs> not really much to say on that one. Yeah. Uh, next up, there was the Railjack bundle, which has uh, Arcwing primary uh, glaive, uh, secondary weapon, and Sindana. It it looks very Lotus-like. Not a primary glaive. My notes are bad, sorry. It's yeah, a primary and a glaive. Primary and a glaive. There we go. So the primary weapon itself is a rocket launcher. And it's a rocket launcher that you can use to highlight multiple enemies and it fires out multiple rockets. And I want it really badly. Hell yeah. That does sound amazing. <laughs> um, does, and of course does... the arc glaive. Yes. Um, yeah, as I said, it does have a very, very much a lotus feel to it, in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. Mm. All of it does. It's very, it's all, well, it's all purple, I guess, but it also, <laughs> just the the design of it and the shapes of it has yeah. a lotus feel. Yeah. Just the, 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 in the general shaping and, and shading and whatnot, yeah. ornate feel of lotus. I'm with you on that. Ah, yeah, of course. So from that, they then went on to another concept only a concept at the moment i know a lot of people are talking about it but it is really only a concept and that is modular arc wings considering everything else in the game's going modular it's probably coming to the game at some point at some point <laughs> yeah so it looks like you can have multiple different components and build uh, arc wings that have different um, abilities functionality whatever the case may be i guess we'll we'll know more when they come out are you excited yeah, about yeah. it I am. I am. Um, I, honestly, I've not really checked out any any of the uh, other arc wings besides the uh, basic one that you start off with. Um, I don't feel any real need at the moment, but uh, looking at modular stuff, I always feel the need for modulars. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Yep. Simples. <laughs> All right, next. Uh, next, they showed off Grendel. In all of his glory, this is the big boy Kirby frame, and he's got a whole sumo idol animation going, and that's cool. Yeah, <laughs> he certainly does. He is pretty cool. Um, we still haven't seen any of his abilities. Um, nope. Looking forward to it, and it doesn't sound like he's close. So, well, it doesn't really sound like he's far off either. That's true. That's true. But uh, we do know that that the other guy is close but they did show off next um a bundle that they do have planned for grendel um which included a sayandana and a big ass weird looking club yep i forgot the name of that particular type of club but we've talked about this on previous episodes um and i'm looking forward to that that being introduced kanabo that's the one that 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 thing big so, big meat club big ass club yep with spikes. <laughs> Spiky weird things on it. So cool. Yeah. Yay. And that, that Sindana actually looks fantastic. I, I want that Sindana. Fair enough. You can it's, have it, Lucas. It's it's got a very um what's what's the word for it? It's like a very much uh it's almost like a, a, a fur uh pauldrons. I guess. Yeah, you know you know what I mean? Well, it's just like it just kinda drabs over the shoulders a bit and it just it's it looks like it's just made of fur or feathers or something. Like it, or a fern. It looks kinda like a dragonfly to me i like it i want it you should get it i probably will i reckon that you, you should and will yeah yeah <laughs> all right so <laughs> next up they had um gauss gauss 
uh, the new speed frame. Grandel and Gauss. Yes. Uh, they did say that he is very close. His abilities are pretty much all finished, so I don't think he's very far away, which is exciting. New new frame coming soon. When did um, Wisp hit? Was that April or May? <laughs> uh, I feel like it may have been May. May, probably. But may have been like April for, uh, for console. Hmm. Hmm. That's probably the other way around. April for PC yeah. and oh, May yeah. for console. Brain. Yeah, yeah, that that one. <laughs> or May for um, PC and June for console, perhaps. Possibly. I just can't remember. It was so long ago that whole month. No, the whole um, month that was last month. <laughs> so <exactly>. long ago. <laughs> exactly. So I'd say yeah, maybe August, August, September is the feel I get for Gauss. 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 Um, but who knows? Who knows? Hopefully we'll get to see um, Gauss in action in the next dev stream. Ooh. I'd say that's a good possibility. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they also showed off a custom dual pistols for Gauss plus Sandana. Do you remember the pistols? I do. It uh, it looked weird. <laughs> it did. It kind of looked like it's got some sort of weird feeding mechanism from the top. Yeah, like... like um... And the bullets look really chunky. Hmm. And it looks like a dual-wielded system. Looks like interesting. Yeah. It is a work in progress, so obviously there's a, there's probably a functional idea behind it, and they're just trying to work out what the look is. Yeah. So, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Maybe he fires bits of metal. I don't know. Who knows? Yeah. Well, look, looking Nuts at it, bolts. I mean... Look, looking at the design of the weapon and looking at the design of Gauss himself, it feels like because they're, they're, they've been going down this path lately with the frames um, coming out with their signature weapons, um, I feel like this 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 uh, this particular weapon will have a passive that ties directly to Gauss. Quite possibly. Yeah, like they have with a few other frames and and um, signature weapons recently. Hmm. Mm. Fair enough. Who are we up to? You. You on the next <laughs> one. Remember. Um, all right. So the next thing was a major section of the sh- the panel that we've sort Ooh, of just. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard for us to go over everything because it was a lot of different pictures, all representing the same thing, and that is the sentient tile set. Oh boy. So what they wanted to do with the art stream wasn't so much to show off the sentient tile set, which they did do. They wanted to show the development of the sentient tile set right from the beginning, and it turns which they out also that... did. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they showed everything. They um. It turns out they've been working on the sentient tile set since I think they said two thousand fourteen. I think that's what they said. Yeah. So this idea, you know, uh, of having the sentience have their own tile set or whether it was going to be a home world or whatever it was going to be has been hanging around for a long time. They just haven't been able to nail the feel. And they went through a lot of different, like apparently they've just every month they've looked at different artwork for the last four years, four or five years, and just said, Mm. nope, nope, nope. And (laughs) yeah. Imagine being the artist that's been working on this, working your ass off to come up with this kick-ass design, and some of those designs were just mind-blowingly amazing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Only to be told, nope, too hard, or nope, 
too detailed or <laughs> you know not what we're looking for still yeah. a whole lot of great art but man wow but it's led to where we are now uh what what, what are some of the comments you've got lucas um okay uh, doom meets darksiders yeah yep it so looks they... fucking amazing <laughs> it really does <laughs> they there were a few words that they themselves used organic gothic cathedral now they didn't say demonic but i, I put that in there uh, as my own they also used vamp vampire um references to vampires as well um you know there's a lot of red in it so over the time they they were working on a lot of these themes you know the sentient mothership rebuilding itself um and that's where the organic component came in but they wanted the sentient mothership to have a gothic they wanted the sentience to sort of revere her like she was a god to them uh, so they wanted it to have a sort of gothic or cathedral feel and they were and they showed off how they were sort of experimenting with that uh, and the amount of detail they had in it and then they showed where they got to and what they've gotten to as lucas said is mind-blowingly good and it's got a very it's very much got a doom feel to it and a darksiders feel to it they've gone they've moved away from the very sort of gothic cathedral feel of say devil may cry and they've moved to a more moody i think and dark uh feel that i think is a little bit more akin to say 70s horror uh and mm. 80s 80s sci-fi horror yep um and i think that's even better it's just it's it's very large open areas very empty structures that from a distance just make you think what the fuck is that i've got to go check that out and it's massive it's absolutely it's fucking massive. massive like when they when they're showing the uh the concept art of the the full scale outside image of this this ginormous um mothership it, you can clearly see it eating an oregon tower mm, that's right <laughs> it's just like Hang on, those towers are not fucking small. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. I forgot about that. Scale, the absolute scale of this uh, this this being is far out. It's immense. It is fantastic. It's this is everything I want. Yeah, so I'm. I just can't wait to start walking through it and just saying well a lot. I'm going to be taking Zephyr because I feel like um, Zephyr will definitely be a good one for this the uh, open open areas um <laughs> yeah, otherwise it looks like a lot of difficult jumping oh yeah so wow yeah so i mean that was like a 20 minute section of that that panel and i do recommend you go check it out just for that even it's really good yes now this next part is was also a pretty big um segment to to this uh, art panel and it was showing off new sentient enemy types and boy is there a lot and there's a, there, yeah there's a lot to consume here yeah so where, where do we start <laughs> yeah. yeah they had this um, weird jester like one that had long, long fingers that were just sort of jester or a, what do you call those things the puppet it's controlled by the marionette. fingers. A marionette. Yeah, that's kind of what it reminded me of. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of weird. Oh, definitely. 
Yeah, so that that was the first one they they showed off. And it, it, okay, so I, when I when I was describing this to my mate Sam, I said to him this like looking at the animation that they had for it, uh, it was basically like a a turkey with really long wings. <laughs> <laughs> kind of works. Yeah, it it, it kind of works. Um, the next one I thought was really cool. They gave this one a much more of a uh, a very noble kind of feel and it, it kind of strikes me as like a a bishop like like the 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 chess piece a bishop and what this one does is it splits open and creates a a actual spawn point for other sentinels to to arrive from so it, it's basically a teleportation device for other sentinels to try uh, to traverse the area and by sentinel you mean sentient sentient yeah <laughs> yeah that one yeah so uh, they fly through it is super cool that's such a great so idea cool. Yeah. So you gotta kill that guy unless you wanted to be unless you want to be surrounded by freaking enemies. Oh yeah, I like it. What was next? Next one was uh, a weird kind of skeletal one. This one actually looked like it was uh, one of the ones that was most um, along with their design, and it had a couple of giant uh, shoulder cannons. Mm. So I, I I loved this design. This design was really really cool. It kind of um, looked to me like it actually had four weapons on its shoulders. The big shoulder cannons and smaller um, cannons. I mean, it might have just been the way that it was designed. Yeah, maybe. But it looked to me like there were four fucking weapons on its shoulders. Yeah, um, that's completely possible. Definitely Movements. two massive ones, though. Oh, yeah, two two massive ones right on the back that, just, uh, that kind of start off spread out um, like wings and then fold into just blast over the shoulders yeah (laughs) very um intimidating Mm. very intimidating uh the next one was the the shield uh shield sentinel sentient sentient words (laughs) just go with what i said i said shield guy shield guy that works um (laughs) (laughs) so this this one as the name suggests (laughs) Uh, one of his arms is just a massive shield that he just plants in front of him, um, and he shoots around around the side of it. It's it's, it's got a big hole through the center. It's kind of weird. It's got a, yeah, it does have a big hole in the center. I feel like that's just going to be closed up with energy um, and just basically used so that he can still see you while he shoots you. Yeah. Yeah. We'll it, see it, how it, it how it all works. It's just kind of weird. It, yeah, very weird. And then of course, the little the little bug. I. I don't know what to say about the little bug. He's cute. He he is. It's it's kind of strange. I don't know whether to love it or kill it. He's cute. He <laughs> flies around, does little cute things. And then he goes down on the ground, does little cute bug things. I thought he was cute. <laughs> well, um, as I said, I'm not saying he's not. I'm just not sure whether or not I should love it or kill it. <laughs> Give him a hug. Hug him and squeeze him and name him George. <laughs> Wait, new right. pet, DE? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, new pet. Flying bug sentient. sentient. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm down. I'd like the first one, please. <laughs> uh, give me the teleporter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, teleporter would be nice. Yeah. Stupid cars. Anyway, <laughs> very quickly, they then showed off a sentient arm weapon. So in the past, this has been referred to as a sentient arm cannon. 
And now it's uncertain if it is still going to be a cannon. It can very possibly be one. It could very well be like a railgun or something like that. It's hard to say what it is, but it was just a very long spike on the uh, Warframe's arm. How it works, we don't know, but as uh, Lucas's notes here say, they did state it was going to be vital in the new war, so it's actually going to be a major component of the quest line for the new war. So. Yes. Um, and another thing I want to throw in on that note is that um, it's something we, d- we didn't touch up on this properly in the last week's um, Tenacon Live uh, the the weird devices the, the Warframes had on their arms during the Imperium uh, demo. Did they have something on their arms? They Well, it wasn't so much on their arms, it was more in their arms that kind of caught my attention. It was, um, you see it in, in, on, on Wisp in one occasion where it was like a, a dagger, like the, the Assassin's Creed dagger kind of protruded... Um, and drove through the back of the the grenier to uh, take control of the the ship. Mm. Um, then that was and then it was also used to hack uh, the derelict tower at the beginning. Well, that is something that um, Steve's been talking about for a while. He wanted to make the uh, hacking and those sequences cooler. Yeah. And he wanted, so it's probably just that he's now finally working that into the game. So yeah. That, yeah, that's cool. I like it. Um, one thing I was kind of thinking, though, is are we maybe going to see the Warframes themselves become amalgams? And that this new mechanic is, in fact, uh, sentient-based? Could be. Maybe that's how he's going to work it into the game. Because how else do you add a big change like that? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're getting the, the sentient arm weapon. Maybe that's a part of it. Possibly. Maybe our arms are literally going to be replaced with sentient technology. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Interesting things. I yes. do doubt it, though. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but it's a possibility. Just trying to connect the dots. You're a dot connector. I am. I try to be, anyways. <laughs> uh, and that was pretty much all there was to the um, the art panel. Yeah, they... Um, what did they do? They had a question and answer after that. Yeah. Yeah, mostly questions that weren't really great, sadly. Mm. Unfortunately, oh, well. lots of people that just wanted to get up to say, "I was here last year." I asked a question last year, <laughs> <laughs> and the looks on their faces was, "We can't remember last year, but thank you." <laughs> it's funny. Uh, Maybe and then there was a the sound panel. There was, um, and it, it was it was pretty much uh, a lot of Q and A. So the, the guests uh, for the, the sound panel were Cheryl Mebbin and Lucas Schumann, uh, who you know, Cheryl voices Nora Knight, as people, our lovely listeners, would probably remember when we had her on our show, and Lucas Schumann uh, voices both the uh, Tile Rigor and Nefanyo. Nefanyo. Yes. So it was it was a good little good little watch. Yeah, I got to hear some interesting stories from uh from both these amazing people. And of course and, they had the sound director George Spenos on there as well. Yeah, yeah, and that was that was awesome. Um and Lucas decided that it would be a, a funny, funny little joke to play with the the viewers, uh brought out a fake pair of legs and 
in his greatest Nefanyo voice, told us that he uh, he had some legs to sell us. He and they were the lost and found. I found them in the lost and found, and they, of course, were a replica of Thursby's legs. <laughs> Which is pretty funny. It made us all laugh out loud. <laughs> uh, and, and then, then he, he proceeded the to throw them into the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty funny, actually. I don't think uh, that the guys at DE knew he was going to do that. Uh, nope. They didn't have a problem with it, but it was still pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, so apart from that, there wasn't really anything new to to uh, to the, the sounds of things. Yeah, it was it was probably worth watching. There was a lot of questions about, you know, what would you want to do um, if you could change a certain aspect of the game, or what what are you looking forward to with the future of Warframe, or what what are you looking forward to with your character, um, things like that. Where did how did you get into voice acting? All those usual kind of questions. So it is interesting. There's a lot of good yep. stuff that was covered. Um, yep. I do recommend you check it out. But, Actually, uh, one one thing one thing Shinneman yep. uh, mentioned is that he wants to he wants to, to see a boss fight for Nefanyo so we can all punch Nefanyo in the face. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but he <laughs> also I did say that it'd be agree. interesting to see him stripped like of lose his... lose his mind. Yeah. So yeah. you know, oftentimes he's just he's he uh, plays it very coolly. Um, and he, he'd like to see him stripped of his bravado. So, or you see, you see him exposed for the trickster that he is. Yeah, um, that would which be is awesome. A pretty cool thing. Um, pretty cool thing to say. Obviously, he's a he's a big fan of the character, and he knows it. Yeah, uh, inside out. So it's good to good to see. And and he he does seem to be very in tune with um, the Warframe fans. So he was a lot of fun. It will. It was great. It was very well done. Yeah. Cool. So that really pretty much brings us up to date for all of the important news, I think, that was shared at TennoCon. If there's anything that we missed out on, please do reach out to us in any of the ways that you know to reach out to us. Going to our website, cephalonsquared.com is probably the easiest way. And let us know, and we'll probably bring it up on a future episode just to say, hey, we missed this. It's pretty cool. But I don't think we missed anything. There was a lot to cover. (laughs) There was, so it's possible that we did. Um... So many cool things. So many, so many cool things. So many. So many things to look forward to. It's it's crazy. I don't I I, I gotta write a list of all the things I'm I'm actually looking forward to now. <laughs> yeah, if if you want me to do a quick article on the website about the sh- the art panel and all of the things that were shown off, please hit me up on Twitter or wherever. Shoot me an email. Uh, and let me know, because if that's what you, you want us to do, then I'll definitely make the article. It'll be a bit of work, which is why I haven't done it yet. But if it is something that the people the people demand, then I will, I will create it for you. No problem whatsoever. Mm. Okay, moving right along. So we are back to normal this week. We do have our beginner and advanced topics. This is a suggestion that came from our Discord a couple of weeks ago. Um, and that is basically that one of our, our Discord users wasn't really sure what invasions were, uh, and it was a suggestion to, hey, why don't you cover it and cover all of the weapons? And we thought that was a shit-hot idea. Yeah. So we're going to do that in both the beginner and the advanced topics today. So, for the beginner topic, 
what the hell are invasions and why should you do them? Invasions are... There are certain mission type that change semi-frequently. So they don't change daily. They don't change, you know, within a certain time limit. They're actually kind of a battle between two factions. So when you go to the invasion screen, you'll see that uh, there's a, a green or a red line. And what that is representing is which one of the two factions that's in that battle is winning essentially. So what it is for you as the player, you can go into the, the um, invasions and what you have is a choice to support one of the two factions. And if you support that faction, you'll be given a certain battle pay. So often you'll see that it says, say, let's say Fieldron and uh, Injector, Detonite Injectors, uh, which are two common rewards. So on one hand, you'll be given Fieldron if you support the Corpus, and on the other hand, if you support the Grenier, you'll be given Detonite Injectors. Now, the way that invasions work is you need to do that particular mission three times over. So you need to support that faction three times in order to qualify for the battle pay. So let's say it's, it's a mission on Earth and at Mariana, so you go to Mariana and you do that same mission three times over. It might not necessarily be the same mission each time. It might be su survival twice and another time it might be capture. Or it might be capture all three times. Or, you know, it could be three different things. Sometimes it changes up. I'm not exactly sure why. Uh, and sometimes it stays the same. But that's just how it is. Make sure you're always supporting the same faction. And you'll see when you go into the invasion screen, down the bottom of the screen there's a little three-sectioned arrow and once you do one of them it'll color it in green and then the next and then the next uh, as well when you go into the drop down box in the top right hand of your uh, navigation bar when you're looking at, at invasions if you hover over the one that you've done without clicking on it you'll still see a little three out of three or zero out of three or one out of three depending on how many times you've done it so it'll tell you if you do it once you get nothing if you do it twice, you get nothing. You have to do it three times. So just going to do a little bit of an interjection here. Uh, the Corpus and Grenier invasions, the mission type for a particular node changes every 15 minutes. Ah, there you go. I didn't even know that. <laughs> Thank you for reading up on it, that for me, Lucas. <laughs> um, so there you go. They, the mission type changes every 15 minutes. So if you're quick enough, you'll be able to do it all three in a row. Otherwise, uh, it'll change up on you. Um, good to know. Now, once you've done all three, you won't be paid out straight away. You have to wait until the actual battle plays its course. Regardless of who wins, you will be paid your battle pay. So that's essentially your pay for supporting them, whether they win or lose. So just keep that in mind. You, you have to do it three times and you will be paid your battle pay, but it might not be till a day or two later. Depends on how many people play, um, play through it. Sometimes they can take a while. Now, there are different types of missions. Sometimes you'll go into that invasion screen and you'll see on a certain planet there's like eight different things that you can do. And each one has different rewards. Where are they? So, the part, part of it that's a pain in the bum to me is when you click on a planet, if you click on a specific invasion, it won't just open it up for you. It'll take you to the planet on the star chart. Then you've got to 
friggin' find the planet based on the name that was in the invasion. It's not that hard, but it does annoy me. Just complaining. What grinds my gears? Yeah, so... That's essentially what invasions are. There's another type of invasion called an assassination invasion. You'll often see it called a forehead manifestation. Forehead is an infested enemy. And basically it is him and a whole bunch of infested taking over a certain area. And it's whether uh, it's generally uh, with the... Well, actually it can be with Corpus or Grenier, but it's always on a certain type of map. Grenier Asteroid. It's a Grenier asteroid, thank you. That was at the tip of my tongue. Um, And whenever you go there, you'll always be supporting only one side because the goal is to kill Forred. So for me, whenever there's a Forred manifestation, particularly if it's on a low-level planet, I like to go there and kill him because he's quick and easy. You You can kill him three times generally within 10 minutes. Probably even less, sometimes within five minutes, depends on how quickly you load in. And he drops Nyx pieces. So it's a good way of getting whatever the battle pay is for killing him. Plus, if you're trying to collect Nyx, that's another thing. Um, Or if you're just trying to do night waves, forward is the quickest and easiest way to get through that. Uh, Apart from that, there's a whole bunch of things that you can get as rewards for doing invasions. And that includes... Fieldron and Detonite Injectors, as I mentioned, and Mutagen Mass. So those three things are resources that you can really kind of only get from invasions. You can also buy the blueprints to make one of those items from your dojo, which is a pain in the ass because you can only make one at a time and you need a whole bunch of other resources, or you can get them by doing the invasions. Now, often you'll need these to make dojo weapons, and, you know, there might be a weapon that needs 10 fucking Fieldron. It's a pain in the ass. I've done that grind, thank God. That's behind me. <laughs> but that's why I did so many invasions. Because you need Fieldron, Mutagen Mass, and Detonite Injectors. Trust me, there'll come a point when you need those things. Uh, you can also get Exilus Adapters. You can also get Oricon Catalysts and Reactors. And a bunch of weapons. And former. And there's one more, but is kind of only from the infested ones. Uh, Mutilist Allied V nav coordinates. Ah, of course. Mutilist Allied V nav coordinates is important, especially if you want to go farm Mesa, which was our last mini episode, mini episode 28. We just recorded that last week. Uh, So the way that you get the Mutilist Allied V coordinates to be able to kill Mutilist Allied V for Mesa blueprint drops is through invasions. Yay. So, as a quick little roundup, whenever I log in to Warframe, I always hover over the invasions and have a look at what the rewards are. If I need any of them, I will then consider doing an invasion. If it's a forehead, it's without question, I'll just do it because it's quick and easy. I'll knock it out. It's done. Uh, if you're low level, Forward can be difficult, I'll say that now. He, he, he shoots these spines out of his back that if they hit you, even at high levels, they can kick, kill you instantly. Uh, but by the time you get to high level, you can generally one or two shot him. But once you're able to kill him quickly, very fast, very easy, you get your battle pay. For me, I go in and I generally check for weapon parts. Uh, Lucas is about to go into invasion weapons, uh, just to make sure that I can get those if I haven't got them already. Um, quick and easy, 
catalysts or uh, XLIS adapters, things like that. So it's always something you should check just to see if there's something that you need. And if it's something, if you've got nothing else to do, getting some extra detonite injectors or field drawn or mutagen mass isn't a bad idea. So when Nightwave comes up and tells you to do 10, sorry, usually it's nine, I think, because it's three times three invasions, make your choice wisely. Don't just go in there and do nine of them to get them out of the way. Look at what the rewards are because you can actually use them down the track. Anything else you want to say on invasions before you do your piece, Lucas? Yes. Okay, so if you go to a planet, uh, let's say Jupiter, it's it's uh, mostly inhabited by corpus enemies. Let's say there's an invasion going on there and the Grenier actually win on a node. Grenier will, uh, after, the, after the invasion has ended and Grenier have won, the Grenier will um, actually be the prom the prominent enemy type on that node for the next 24 hours it's interesting mm. the other thing which i thought you were going to go into is the grush drag three ah the grush drag three and the zanuka hunter the zanuka hunter so depending on who you support if you support is it five times in a row uh, i think it's five times in a row if you support the same faction so for example if you support the Grenier five times in a row, then the, uh, what's his name, Alad V will send his Zanuka Hunter after you. If you support the Corpus five times in a row, then uh, Council of Ahek will send the Grush Drag three after you uh, as punishment for supporting the wrong side, so to speak. So that's another very important thing to keep in mind. Yes. Especially Edmund. because it... At low to mid levels, the Grush Drag 3 can be quite difficult, bastards. Yes. Uh, and we did do uh, an ep a couple episodes on uh, Tenno Hunters in the early episodes. I think it was around about 15 to 18? Yeah, around there. Maybe, yeah. Somewhere around there. It was a long cool. time ago. Shit, I'll have wow. to do another round <laughs> episode roundup. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we'll do that next week. Anyway, on to advanced topic. Possibly. All right, advanced topic. So, invasion weapon rewards. So now you know what invasions are. You know that they are actually worth it um, with all the rewards you can get. So let's have a look at the weapons that you can get. Uh, starting off note, all weapon parts in this invasion system are, in fact, tradable. Yay! <laughs> Okay, starting off with the corpus. Presently, there are only two corpus-based weapons that may be obtained through invasions. They are the Dera Vandal and Snipertron Vandal. The Dera Vandal is a corpus assault rifle with 60 bullet magazine that sports a slight damage advantage over its original counterpart, with 75% of said damage being of the puncture variety. In addition, the Dera Vandal also sports a higher status chance of 30% over 22% and requires Mastery Rank 7 to build or trade. Snipetron Vandal is, as the name suggests, a sniper rifle with two Z modes and 90% of its base damage also being puncture-based. Requiring a Mastery Rank of 5 for building or trading, the Snipetron Vandal actually has a slightly lower crit chance than its original counterpart of 28%, which is only two points lower than the original. It does, however, have a higher crit damage multiplier of two times versus the 1.5 times and has an innate three meter punch through. So fan freaking tastic weapons there. Next up, we're looking at the Grenier. So now the Grenier uh, have based weaponry. 
Um, on this side of the table, there are a few more options, currently with five different weapons available, and one of which being the only melee weapon in this list. So starting off, we're having a look at the Karak Wraith. The, and this is a Grenier-styled assault rifle with, again, 60 bullets to the mag. This rifle heads more in the direction of impact damage with 45% of the damage total residing as such. Uh, this Mastery Rank 7 weapon tilts more in a status-proccing direction with 25% status chance over the original's 15. Now we have the Latron Wraith coming up next as a crit-based semi-auto rifle. This gun has the common Mastery Rank 7 requirements and sits comfortably between the original make and the Prime variant. Having more damage than the original but less than the Prime, the Latron Wraith puts 70% of its overall base damage into Puncture. It does, however, have a higher crit chance than both other variants, sitting at 26%, as opposed to the Prime's 22%. So, it's more crit-based than the Prime. The next weapon is the Strun Wraith, which was the original Wraith weapon, and is currently the highest base status chance shotgun in the game, sitting very comfortably at 40% status chance. Uh, with a higher damage than either of the other variants, the Strun Wraith puts 65% of its base damage towards impact and requires Mastery Rank 10 to craft or trade. Twin Viper's Wraith, why have one when you can have two? Twin Vipers Wraith are a set of dual-wielding secondary full-auto pistols, sporting a 19% crit chance over their original's 15%. Requiring Mastery Rank 7, these armaments put 80% of their base damage towards impact and have a higher crit damage multiplier of two times. And then we have Sheave, the only melee weapon and the only weapon tilting towards slash damage in this list, with 90% base damage sitting as such. Uh, this is a status-based dagger with a burning tip of plasma at the end of the blade. I make mention of this as doing a slam attack with this dagger can proc heat status on enemies. The base status chance for is a hefty 25%, and this dagger can be recognized easily as the weapon Grenier soldiers resort to once disarmed. And there we have it, the seven weapons available from invasions. Uh, while there will always be a meta in weaponry, it is ill-advised to ignore the weapons on this list, as you may miss out on a weapon that you didn't think would feel as fun to play with. So check them out. Hell yeah. For example, the base strun is a piece of stinky poo. The Stran Wraith is amazing. Well, One of my depend, depend, in the game. <laughs> both both uh, Struns are uh, crap. You got the Mark One, and then you got the base. Yeah, exactly. Both, especially the Mark One. My God, yeah. the Mark One is terrible. But the base <laughs> is just as bad. Uh, but the Stran Wraith is not what you expect because the Mark One and the base are both stinky pieces of poo. Stran Wraith is one of my favorite weapons in the game, so do not overlook it. It is a fun, fun, fun uh, shotgun. And yeah. really powerful. Really, really powerful. So, yes. the invasion weapons are worth checking out, and I am just farming for the Sheev at the moment. It's a weird looking the Sheev is, dagger. The Sheev is good fun. It is a very weird looking dagger, but it's a lot of fun, especially with that slam attack uh, passive. Nice. I'm going to have to check it out. Didn't know it did that. Cool. Thank you, Lucas, and that will be turned into an article at some point uh, on the website, uh, which will hopefully be of use to people as well. Okay, moving right along. Community call-out. 
Community call out. Community call out. We've got a reviews update. Uh, there have been a few extra reviews. So there's a new review in the US and another one in Australia. Uh, so that brings our review total up to 67. Thank you to everyone out there. Keep those reviews coming. Aiming for 100. And when we hit that, we'll do another live cast. Woo! Which we did only two episodes ago. That was a lot of fun. Sadly, <laughs> so we fun. didn't record it because I was dumb. <laughs> well, vocally, audio was recorded, so that that's great. It was. Luckily, we recorded the audio, but yeah, I forgot to record the video. But such is life. We know that for the future, it was, has been fixed. Anyway, I do have an iTunes review from the US. Did you want to read it out, Lucas? Or um, I think you should read this one. I shall. So this one is from Tyler Durden 455 if that is your real name. <laughs> um, <laughs> which I doubt it is, because it's, you know, from Fight Club. But maybe it is. Maybe you're the real Tyler Durden. Anyway, I digress. His review is, Great Weathercast. <laughs> now, if the weather in Australia comes up in conversation at the water cooler, I can keep up. Also, they talk about Warframe as a bonus. A plus. Keep it up, guys. <laughs> Thank you, Tyler Thank Durden. You 455. So That's a great review. That is the exact the review I was mentioning last week that made me chuckle. Um, <laughs> so, yes. It is a great weather cast with a little bit of Warframe thrown in. Very topical, uh, <laughs> considering the start of the show. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All right. Wow. So, we have a Dr. Cep Cephalon. Did you want to read this one out? Dr. Cephalon. Shit, it's been a few weeks since we've had one of these. Yeah, it wasn't really a Dr. Cephalon, but I thought it works as a Dr. Cephalon, so we're doing it that way. <laughs> okay, right. This is a Dr. Cephalon from Tremanth. So I have a noob question. Since this week's Nightwave wants you to form a three things, I had first thought to form the three weapons I use the most. Heck, Baza, Ignis. Then I wondered if I should form a frame instead. Is there a beginner frame, like things you can farm through Saturn, where a more experienced player would say, yeah, you'll be using that for a long time? My fear is throwing former away on something I won't keep for long. Help me, Dr. Cephalon. <laughs> Beautiful. I thought this was a good question because it shows, it, it is a new, new player kind of question. Mm-hmm. There, and it is very common for new players to be afraid to use former. Whereas now, I just fucking throw them at weapons like it's bloody. They're just falling out of my pocket, and they're not falling out of my pocket <laughs> at all. But I still just oh, I'll throw a former on this. Why not? I think the answer is when it comes to warframes, it's a tough choice because do you want to put that former onto a frame that has a prime that you might end up getting? And the other question is, how soon are you going to get that Prime? Because really, I think any Warframe in the game is probably going to deserve getting a Former at some point. And it depends whether or not you want to put it on there, you know. And any of the starter frames, they deserve Former. You know, Excalibur, Vault, Mag, Rhino, uh, Valkyria, Nova. They're, they're all frames that I have put Former into myself. Uh, but now I have prime versions of all of those. So when do you decide to put uh, a former into a frame? And that is, in the end, up to you. I mean, the good thing is Nightwave is now giving you 
bundles of Forma. So it's uh, an easier decision. Um, plus, you know, with all the Forma that you can get by doing uh, relic cracking and things like that, it's not too hard to, if, if you've got the Forma, uh, to suggest putting it on, on any old frame that you actually like. I mean, it, it depends... If you've got Rhino, for example, that's a frame that is going to carry you into the late game, but there's plenty of other frames that will carry you into the late game. Uh, Valkyrie can do it, Revenant can do it, definitely, but Revenant you can't get into until you're in the late game, really. Um, Wukong, Wukong will Wukong. definitely carry you. And you can pick him up from the dojo. Yeah, Wukong definitely, Vault definitely. Yeah. Weapons, I think, is... See, personally, I think it's more dangerous to use former in weapons, especially in the early, early game. I mean, the yes. ones you've spoken about, Heck, Baza, and Ignis, they're actually safe choices. They're all good very, weapons. Very safe choices, yeah. 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 So it really, it really does come down to fun factor as well. Um, so if you're using a frame and you think, I'm probably not going to play this frame a hell of a lot... Yeah. then it's probably not really worth throwing a former into unless you were going to check it out again later on down the track. So, you know, this, <laughs> this, is, this is something that, uh, that I've actually suffered through quite heavily. Um, you know, looking at some of my frames in the past, I had a, a Chroma with five former on him and then only last year they dropped Chroma Prime. So that kind of put my five former Chroma to waste. So I can I can see you know where the the fear of it is, but you know you you will reach a point where former will just be falling out of your pockets. You won't be too concerned about where you put it. So for now, just whatever whatever you find enjoyable to use. Um, as as Greg said, the Heck, Baza, and Ignis are fantastic early game weapons that will carry you long into the late game, and you will probably still be using them. Uh, towards the end of the the star chart, it's interesting um, that they're all primaries too. <laughs> yeah, they they are uh, melee weapons. I mean, you've got the the normal Galatine is fantastic. You pick that up at mastery rank four, I believe three or four, four or five. Somewhere. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Guandao, I know that is an MR four. That is an amazing uh, pole arm. Orthos Prime. Orthos Prime. Yeah. Uh, so there there are there are heaps of early game weapons you can pick up that you will still be using in the, in the late game you know they're not just mastery rank fodder um yeah. so they they are worth um investing former into um but yeah as i said it really comes down to the fun factor if you enjoy something then it's probably worth throwing a former in yeah the frame is personal choice so i think it comes down to if you enjoy using a certain frame throw a former into it it'll just make it a better frame you'll enjoy it even yep. more yep i mean it, it's kind of like boosting boosting something up to test to see just how powerful you can get it as like a, a test run and then getting the prime and doing the 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 actual proper run on it so treat exactly. treat the treat it like a draft yeah if you can farm for rhino prime while he's out for the unvolting do that throw a former in him you won't regret it but you won't regret putting a former into any frame, I think, realistically, until you put five in and then they release the prime. Oh, just imagine when they finally get around <laughs> to bringing out Baruch. Baruch prime. Oh, yeah, you've got I've, freaking oh, 70 billion in him. I got I got seven in him so far, and I, I plan to put at least another three. The good thing is, 
that's two years away. Yeah. <laughs> so you're all right there. You're safe. I'm, I'm, I'm good for the time being. All right. So thank you, Tremanth, for your question. I'm pretty sure that was qu- that was answered quite thoroughly in our Discord anyway, but I thought it was a good question that there's probably other people out there that would be wondering um, the answer to. So thank you for bringing that up. All right. Before we close out the show, do you have anything else you wanted to mention, Lucas? Uh, nope. Good. <laughs> All right. That brings us to the end of episode 52. Thank you again for listening. If you'd like to get in contact with us, as usual, go to our website at cephalonsquared.com where you can find links to our Discord and Facebook and all of that wonderful stuff. Or you can just shoot us an email at cephalon, uh, cephalonsquared at gmail.com, greg at cephalonsquared.com, lucas at cephalonsquared.com. Here I am rambling. Give us, <laughs> give us a rating on your podcast platform. Spread the word to help us grow. Help us get to 100. We'll do another live episode, which was a hell of a lot of fun. We really want to do it. Um, my name is Greg Newbegin. I am Mad Capsules all over the place. Who are you, Lucas? I am Lucas Silvestri, and I am Silverlight all over the place. S-I-L-V-R-L-G-H-T. Thank you to our lovely community. Can't get enough of your support. It really drives us to better the show and now better our streams so thank you thank you so much and with that let's thank our patreons thanks to rathok thank you jellybean 1799 thank you adop and 88 thank you i thanks lord Frieson. thank you logan neil thank you danathan thank you solarian and thank you obsolete ninja 13 these people in particular have been patrons for a few months now and as a result of that both Lucas and I have managed to get better equipment that has enabled us to actually start streaming which is why we stream so often now it is one of the reasons that I'm able to start making YouTube videos although we did decide not to make a video out of tonight's episode because I just don't have the bandwidth to put all of the photographs onto the YouTube sadly um so it would have made for a bit of a boring episode without the images to look at, I thought. Um, but yeah, so thanks to our patrons who have been supporting us. Thanks to everyone who has supported us in other ways. And again, it's not something we expect. We don't expect anything. We're thankful for everyone that does decide to give us some of their, their hard-earned cash to support us. But just listening to us and spreading the word uh, is, uh, is, you know, giving back to us in itself. So we really appreciate that. We do it for the people. Indeed. And thank you to Jan at Disco underscore Box on Twitter for the intro and outro. I still haven't heard of anyone sending him an email to talk about how glorious his voice is, and it makes me sad. Hopefully soon. We'll see. (laughs) Hopefully soon. All right. We'll be back in a few days for the Mirage Mini. Mirage. Mirage. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Cephalon Squared. If you'd like to contact us, reach out via our website at cephalonsquared.com, where you can find us via email, Facebook, Twitter, or Discord. But don't fret, there'll be more Cephalon Squared in a few short days. So don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss an episode.